0: Welcome to the Deb and Kev Podcast. One is a Harvard Business School alum. The other is her son, discussing business, pop culture, family, and everything in between. Now, here are your hosts, Deb and Kev.
1: Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to the Deb and Kev Podcast. Across from me is the M of this podcast. It's my mom, Deb. I'm Deb. And that makes me Bond. James Bond.
0: Oh, I see where we're going. I thought M was for mom.
1: 007 himself. <laughs> I'm her son, Kev, and this is our podcast. Yes, I was waiting for you to get it. I knew that it was going to be a stretch yeah. to have you get the one letter. Yep, but I got it. with the construct of James Bond in 007, I knew you would be able to decipher that open. Have you seen that movie yet? I have.
0: You know, Kev, I saw the advertisement for the movie. Yep. And what did I think? I don't but, know. No, no, you know.
1: I have no earthly idea right what you now. thought. You know exactly what thought. You thought, what that I is thought. a good looking older man.
0: <laughs> Daniel Craig? Yeah. No, I did not think that.
1: Well, you should have, because I think that.
0: Well, he's not really my type. I can appreciate his looks, but he's not my type.
1: Give us your type.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Daniel Craig is really short. Do you think he's oh, I'm
1: sure he's very short. Most yeah. actors are.
0: Yeah, so there's that.
1: Okay, I, it's so not that like, didn't, that did in no way fulfilled my question of give us your type.
0: So, you know, here's the bad thing. If I start describing a type, dad
1: is not going to fit the type. That's okay. Already
0: I'm gone down. Hey, listen,
1: road. your type 50 years ago or whenever you met dad, that was your type then. <laughs> your type has changed now. I Maybe know. it's become a little more eclectic. Maybe it's become a little taller. <laughs> Maybe s- it's become a little <laughs> more mulatto. Okay, mulatto. Yeah, what does that mean? I don't know the darker color.
0: <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Um, so,
1: I like rugged, but he seems worn. I get that. Yeah, rugged. You you like the idea that this guy can go to the back fifty and string some fence and rescue a calf and wear denim, Kevin. And,
0: that is exactly yeah. like exactly. I want that guy to be able to do that. I want him, he's probably taller than Daniel Craig, okay?
1: Well, yeah, I am honestly, I think Daniel Craig's probably like 5'7".
0: I don't. I think, yeah, so as well. Uh, I want him to be able to, he doesn't ever ha- actually have to show me that he can ride a horse, but I want to believe that he can. Got it. I want to believe, and he doesn't really need to fix anything, but I want to believe he can.
1: Deb, j- Deb just wants the Marlboro Man.
0: Without the cigarette. Clearly. Yeah, yeah, probably,
1: yeah. De- Daniel, when you say he looks worn, I thousand percent get what you're saying he's had one too many cocktails and one too many cigarettes yeah
0: and his body was too short to do that
1: i mean but he really looked good walking out of the water you know like 10 years ago remember that
0: i do remember that so actually do you want to know what i thought
1: okay nope i don't just kidding of course i do
0: i thought i think this movie is going to be good i think it's going to be a good (sighs) bond movie and wouldn't it be fun to go with kevin that's what i thought
1: oh Oh, I thought you meant what you thought when you saw him walk out of the water. Oh, no, no, no. You thought that would be a good movie to go see. Fast forward 10 years, you said, you know what would be fun to go do? Watch a movie with Kev, regardless of the fact that I'm never home to see a movie. And he goes and sees whatever he wants, whenever he wants.
0: Because you go like on opening day.
1: Yeah. It's the best time to see it. No spoilers. It was good. It was like two hours and 40 minutes. It was a long time long movie but it was very james bondy would you watch it again no it's two hours and 40 minutes i don't need to sit through that again but when it comes out you know on hbo max or showtime or something like that i'll watch it
0: okay so here's the question and i don't think this will give anything away was there because this happens for me with the james bond especially because i've known a lot of james bonds right okay not known known
1: but no no no, you know them on the first name basis hey
0: james (laughs) hey pierce um so was there anybody, because I think this often happens in James Bond movies, at least it does for me, where I go, mm-mm-mm, that's not the right actor or actress for that character.
1: Well, you know they're trying to modernize it. And you know this is Daniel Craig's last film, right?
0: Oh, is it? So, like, yes. last film ever or last Bond? Well, no, no,
1: last James Bond. Okay. This is his fifth and final installment of being James Bond. So they're skewing a little younger in some characters, because they may or may not make the transition to new James mm. Bond. And I would say that the majority of the characters are younger. A of lot. The women are younger. The women are younger, but a lot of the women who are not in like the quote unquote sexy roles are um, younger African American women who turn out to be actually quite attractive. Um, and so, sexy. So whether I wouldn't say that they were no, no. Sexy is like his love interests. Oh, they are not see. sexy. They're just attractive women.
0: Oh, okay. Because they keep them in that space. Yeah. yeah,
1: and then there are some older figures, but I would say the majority of the people that he interfaced with would be considered younger, and then the people who are older are still young enough to last for a couple more movies, mm. whoever the new James Bond will be, and then they themselves will be pushed out.
0: So is, again, there anyone where you go wrong actor for that character?
1: Uh, I would say that the bad guy probably wasn't as bad as i would have liked there was a couple bad guys and i know you don't know this current iteration of the james bond saga um there was a couple bad guys in this film the bad guy that we know was always a bad bad guy like he was a good bad bad good bad 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 guy right yeah. yep the the final bad guy was wasn't like a hard bad guy he wasn't mm-hmm. he wasn't like the, the boss of all bosses. Mm, but I mean it was it was a novel character and that was nice, but you know, you kinda want something a little more dramatic.
0: You needed for him to be a little bit more bad. Yeah. Yeah.
1: A bad, bad guy. A bad, bad but guy. But it was a good movie. Okay. Worth okay. worth the time. Well, there we go. We covered
0: Daniel Craig. We covered a movie. We covered my potential perfect guy. And I don't know. We covered that you thought it was give it a give it a grade. Give it a grade. Give Rod- what a grade? The movie.
1: You're all over the place today. Uh, Well, I mean, on Rotten Tomatoes, I would just give it a fresh or a rotten. I'd give it a fresh. Oh, okay. I'd recommend going and seeing it. There you go. With or without your mother. (laughs) Uh, Deb, we recorded a podcast last week. Mm -hmm. And in that podcast, we said, there are some conspiracy theories surrounding Jeopardy that make Mm -hmm. almost too much sense to us. And then what happened on Monday, Deb? He lost. Mike Amodio lost. Now, I don't believe in coincidences, but if the world's foremost podcast comes out and says, hey, there may or may not be some collusion in jeopardy, and then all of a sudden he loses same day our podcast drops, I'm left thinking we had a little bit of pull. And I don't even care that this this was recorded two weeks ago. I believe that our influence was swayed immediately. And they knew, we knew, that they knew, we knew they were up to something no good.
0: Here's what they really knew. The word is out. The word is out and they had to do something.
1: And the bird is the word. So what happened was we had our podcast on Monday. Mike loses on Monday. And I never really liked him. Like he wasn't a James Holtzauer to me. He certainly wasn't a Ken Jennings to me. Oh, no. But he does not
0: even Brad. He's not even Brad.
1: He does have a ton of accomplishments to his name. So he lasted for a literal 52 real days.
0: Oh, wow. Since he started. How many episodes is that?
1: That would be 38 Jeopardy episodes that he actually ended up winning. He won $1,518,601, which is best for third all time behind only Ken and James Oldsauer. And his Jeopardy winning streak of 38 episodes is second only to Ken, who was like in the hundreds, right? Wow. Now here's the question that he lost on. And are you ready to try to answer this question? Oh yeah, do it. Final Jeopardy question. Okay. Nazi Germany annexed this nation and divided it into regions of the Alps and the Danube. The Allies later divided it into four sectors. What's the country, Deb?
0: Oh, it's one country?
1: Yeah, Nazi Germany annexed this nation and divided it into regions of the Alps and the Danube. The Allies later divided it into four sectors. What is Austria? A thousand percent. A thousand percent.
0: Okay, just for everybody listening. A thousand percent. I suffered over that. I had no idea.
1: I am floored.
0: No, the Danube is what gave it away
1: for me. Amodio didn't even get it right. He didn't. What? He went into Final Jeopardy on Monday as the third person.
0: Oh, no. How far? What were the money things? It was like remember?
1: he had 10,000 second, pla- 10, second place. He had 10,600. place had 14,400. And then first place only had 14,600. Uh, I believe Mike risked it all and lost because he said Poland. Then the other two both said Austria and, and wagered their entire amount. So the guy who ended up winning, honestly, he he looks like um, John C. Riley from mm-hmm, Step Brothers, mm-hmm. or if, depending on how how much of a cinephile some of our listeners are, he looks like a grown up version of the chubby, curly haired kid from Bad Santa.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A
1: thousand yeah. percent looks like that. So he got it right. He. Um, is the two-day champion. We haven't watched Jeopardy this evening, so I don't know if he's going to be the three-day champion, but he has won two in a row.
0: So I didn't watch it because I was making an attempt to get back home. Tell me, what was the response of Mike and what was the response of the new guy? Because, you know, they're always kind of subdued. I mean, nobody like... Cheers and really goes for it.
1: No, uh, I mean, Mike had his big smile. I mean, when they say that he's a medical student in New Haven, he's going to Yale. Right. That's what he's doing, right? Right. He's going to Yale. So, a Yale medical student, I mean, he's probably what? Anywhere between the ages of 23 and 27, something Mm -hmm. along those Mm lines. And if I told anybody at that age, oh, by the way, you're going to walk away with $1.5 million after. 52 days of real time, I think he'd be okay, regardless of the current outcome. So he was he was all smiles and he applauded. The other guy did the, oh, woof, whoa, you know, type, type, type thing where he wasn't Mike, so you couldn't really hear him. But yeah, I mean, they were both super duper respectful. But I want to add one more log to the conspiracy fire before we end this Jeopardy theory, okay? okay? So uh, Mike's, Mike's, Matt's, Matt's largest win, his largest single day win was seventy four thousand no, dollars? Mike's, Matt's, Amodio.
0: Matt oh, it's Matt. Yeah. Oh, we've we've been getting mixed up with Mike Richards. But we we kept saying Matt. But I think we said Mike most if of the time. If we've
1: said Mike, I think it's, I Mike blamed it. it's Matt I blame him It's Mattimodio. Is it? We called him Mike the whole time. No, no, it's Matt. Is okay. it Mike? It's, it's definitely Mike. Matt. Hold on. No, no. It's, it's definitely Matt. I have it pulled up here. I've said it a thousand times. It's Matt Imodio like a billion times. Know, but, but the I'm Matt and Mike. Yeah, no, it's Matt Imodio.
0: We called him Mike earlier in this podcast.
1: I refuse to believe that. and I'm not even going to go back and check it. So he won $74,000. He won that $74,000 on the first week back for the 38th season. Okay.
0: When the other Mike was in charge.
1: Now. That seventy-four thousand dollars happened that same week with sixty-seven thousand dollars, eight hundred, thirty-six thousand dollars and two hundred, sixty-one thousand dollars, two hundred, thirty-five thousand. I don't know why I'm saying it like this. Why am I saying those numbers so weird like that?
0: Well, no, it's the like the two hundred sixty-seven thousand eight
1: hundred dollars. Why am <laughs> yeah. I saying that so yeah. weird? Sixty. So the first day total when when the season premiere was sixty-seven thousand eight hundred. Second day total thirty-six thousand two hundred. Third day total, $61,200. 4th day total, $35,400. And the fifth day total was $74,000. What a week. Totaling $273,000 for the week. That was good enough for almost 20% of his entire earnings. So do we think it's weird that Mike's biggest week and biggest single-day win happened to coincide with Jeopardy airing the 38th season with Mike Richards as the new host. Mm,
0: I see where you're going with that. But, oh, I mean, would anybody at Jeopardy let Mike Richards give
1: answers? I'm not saying that we have to believe it. But if we can all agree that the guy who never looks like he has the answer, then all of a sudden has the answer. And the guy who just says what's to everything as opposed to what is, who is, where is, when is, all that kind of stuff. And the guy who somehow happened to be the second longest winning champion and the third most money ever won, happened to coincide with a guy who was trying to make it all about himself in Mike Richards.
0: Yeah, because if he would have been successful, he would have said, I'm getting rid of Ken Jennings. I'm getting rid of James Holzauer. I'm getting rid of whatever Brad's last name is because I'm going to make the new champion. I'm getting rid of Alex Trebek. This is my Jeopardy. Is that what you're saying? I'm
1: just saying it makes sense. The ego checks out for Mike Richards. And we know that Matt is smart enough. I mean, he's a medical student at Yale, right? We know he's smart enough to be able to come up with a lot of these answers. But if you just if you just look with a discerning eye or two, you might think mm, something's something's amiss here.
0: So I am totally comfortable believing that about Mike Richards.
1: I mean, really, that to- he would rig it. Oh, for sure, one
0: hundred percent. You know what would make me kind of sad and break my heart a little bit if Matt Amodio participated in it. And I'll tell you why. Because he's young. He's like, what, 20-something. And, you know, he's smart, and he's going to probably be successful. But if you cheated on that, that's something that sits with you a long time. A million dollars doesn't wash all that away.
1: What about a million and a half dollars?
0: Maybe, but not quite.
1: (laughs) One more housekeeping item, and then we'll get to Debbie's stories of the last week. We finally found out how Gabby Petito died and she died by strangulation. Mm. And let me tell you this. I think strangulation is horribly intimate, meaning more often than not, you are not strangling the person from behind, you are strangling them from the front. Your, Your thumbs are pressing on their airway, restricting air from going in, right? And nobody gets strangled with their eyes closed. You get strangled with your eyes open. So now you have locked eyes with your would-be assailant, who in this circumstance seems to be her boyfriend, and you are watching the person kill you in real time, and he is watching you die in real time until your body goes lifeless. Strangulation is no joke like psychopath, sociopath way to kill people. Like you feel life leaving somebody's body.
0: You know, you're speaking about
1: this almost like, you know, I strangle lots of people just for the thrill of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, uh, you know, as you said that, it just, it like made me sad, made me a little bit sick, made my heart break.
1: Oh, but I think that's the context, which is why really early on, I think we all knew something bad had happened. No no boyfriend leaves his girlfriend to go all the way cross country and then never mentions anything, right? That never happens. That's that's that is when something like that happens, somebody's probably gone. Right. So for him to do every single thing that he's done since then, it only makes sense that his crime would have been so heinous and strangulation would fall under the title of heinous.
0: There is so much about this that is heinous. Mostly, I'm just, I die for her parents every time something comes out. I mean, I know they need to know. I know they need to know. But it is so horrifying. I just think, like, what if that were my child? You know, you kind of hope that it was she accidentally fell off a cliff, hit her head, died, and he because he's an idiot, made the wrong decision and drove away and was afraid. Oh, or,
1: before you get the autopsy, that's what you're hoping for? I don't
0: know if that's what you're hoping for. You hope that it was a horrible accident that went wrong. I mean, I think you do hope that. I mean, the thought of that you entrusted your daughter with this person, right? And then that happened? oh
1: I'm telling you, I, I, I think being stabbed would be bad. I think being hung would be bad. I think just having the life choked out of you is that that is rage fueled. That is like dominance that that again, I don't know anything about Brian Laundry. I don't know the first thing about him. I just know that from the footage that we saw, she was the one atoning for mistakes she may or may not have made in that dashboard cam And he wasn't. Yeah, yeah. And she seemed very shook and scared. And so to now kind of fill in the gap of how she died of being strangled, uh, that all kind of makes more sense. I mean, isn't it weird? Because like you said, being strangled takes some time. Totally.
0: And that you couldn't, whatever rage or whatever is going through your brain, that you couldn't stop yourself in that time. Because there's plenty of time to stop yourself, right? Uh, well, f- yes. I mean, you would think.
1: Yeah, there's plenty of time to stop yourself both during and prior to strangling a human being. Yeah. And this, yeah. I, I had this conversation with somebody the other day. I said, listen, I have had moments where I saw red. Now, granted, it's never been at a woman. Um But even in those moments- Mostly I, at
0: cars driving down the
1: street? No, mostly at idiot dudes. Um, but I've always been able to restrict whatever urge I had to physically fight somebody. That's never, it's never happened. The mo- The most I've ever done is shove somebody, right? And so the idea that your girlfriend at any point can make you so mad, I mean, so unbelievably mad that you feel the need to physically harm her just by slapping or punching her, let alone killing her. And now killing her in this way. And again, we don't know that he killed her, but Mm -hmm. all signs point to that. So if you lose so much common sense that you just act on your emotion and your emotion says to kill this person, that's... I, I have... Absolutely. I can't relate to that in any way. I've never understood it. I've al- People always think like, well, could you, if push came to shove, could you kill somebody? Could you kill somebody to protect your family? Could you kill somebody to protect yourself? Maybe. I don't know. That's like really only in the moment can you figure that out. But to kill a loved one that you're traveling with, that you live with in that manner is just like, I can't. I, I mean, my brain does not possess the ability to understand that.
0: May I correct just one little piece of language you used there? Sure. What, you said something like, to have your girlfriend make you so mad.
1: Allowing yourself to be worked yeah. up yeah. to the point yeah. that you then feel you have to inflict physical harm on somebody. Granted, we, yeah, of course, we Thank are you. all in control of our own emotions. Yeah. Um, But allowing somebody to do that to you. And I mean, listen, I, I've seen people goat other people into punching them. I've seen people instigate all si- ty- all types of fighting. Mm-hmm. I can't fathom this girl did anything to warrant being strangled to well, death.
0: plus, I mean, did you see her? She's like... Little. Li- she's like little. She's like lithe. She's like a feather. She looks like she could be blown away in the wind. I mean, I j- and I know we're only seeing pictures of her. I'm sure that Gabby Patino had her own issues and whatever they are, but I don't know. It's just... All of it. It makes me sad. Like I heard the coroner, you know, when he announced everything. And then the coroner made a point of saying she was in the wilderness for like a month.
1: Yeah. I mean, they found her. They found her what at the end of September and he left the end of August. So, yeah, for 30 days, she was just left to the wilds.
0: Oh, that even like that kills me because that I mean, it is what it is. She's already dead, of course. But it's so disrespectful. If that's your child, the fact that, I mean, we believe that once you're dead, you're laid to rest. That's what we believe. And the fact that she's out there, do you mean like that, is just, ugh.
1: I well, mean, I mean that's not what we believe, it's what we hope. We hope that everybody dies in a way that they can then right. be properly mourned and properly taken care of right. so that we're treating their body well. Sadly, that's not the case for... A lot. a lot of people, yeah. and she was one of them, but hopefully they, they were able to get that type of closure in that regard and that they got the body back and that they can do all the necessary memorial stuff.
0: So, Kev, a um realistic yet completely obtuse, and of course we're just guessing, where is he?
1: Oh, I think we talked about this before. He's somewhere in the Appalachian Trail. He He's somewhere... Up in the Appalachians, 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 Appalachians. Appalachians. That's where he is. Uh amongst the trees, lost, so you surviving. Think
0: all the work they're still doing in the swamp. He's not in the swamp. I don't think he's in the swamp either.
1: Listen, the swamp, the swamp is not dense with trees. The swamp is shallow when it's shallow. And if it's not, then he's swimming and he's not swimming, right? Right. But if you want to go get lost, you go get lost in big pine trees. You go get lost in mountainous terrain. You go get lost where aerial cameras can't really find you and search parties are struggling to get anywhere that you could be if you have a 5-day head start. He's he's totally north, he's not south.
0: I think that too. That's what I think as well. And I think he's alive. I believe he's alive. I
1: think he's alive too. I the only thing that the only thing that I could say is he needed the time to spend with his family. His family then let him go, fully understanding he was never going to come back, and that's why they helped aid him with the belief that he was going to kill himself, because I don't think a guy like that is is going to spend the rest of his life in jail. I mean, if I'm 22— Oh, do you think he's really going to kill himself? Well, I'm saying I don't think he's planning on returning. And if what he says is, I can't go to jail, I need the rest of my life to be up to me, and that looks like I'm going to go into the wilderness to never be found again, I don't think that guy gets to ever come back even five years, 10 years later without people being like, oh, you're Brian Laundry, right? And so my belief would be he knows how he killed his girlfriend. He knows the repercussions that are awaiting for him if anybody finds him. He can live the most of his life as he can within the confines of the forest. And then when push comes to shove, I think taking your own life at least gives you some control as opposed to trying to move to Ohio and live in secrecy.
0: See, I think that that guy goes to the forest and waits it out. For how long? I don't know. Until... His perception, just his, is that it's cooled down a little bit. And then I think he doesn't have, he's got too much ego to stay in the forest. Then he goes north to Canada or south to Mexico and and makes an attempt at least to get out so he can live a life. That's what I'm saying, because Canada would not extradite him because they don't believe in the death penalty. They would have to take the death penalty off the table in order to extradite him. Mexico would extradite him but you can get lost in Mexico.
1: Yeah, but everybody gets seen in Mexico. All the people know, who try to flee weird? to Mexico always get seen because it's usually high profile cases and this is as high as it gets right now. And all the United States has to say to Canada is okay, we won't give him the death penalty. Yeah. And now he's back. And now he's back. And 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 I don't know what beach you end up on in Mexico where at least one expat doesn't live there it isn't dialed into the happenings of america and all they need to see is you one time and they're like found him
0: yeah it's not like he's going to grow hair
1: tomorrow it's right it's not like he's going to grow hair tomorrow and it's not like this case is going to go away anytime soon we i mean we've talked about it endlessly imagine what news outlets are doing i mean they probably have their own people trying to find this guy at any point in time so the belief that he can just live in the wilderness for a year like it, is a year really going to be enough time for this thing to cool off no chance yeah so sad It's not great. It's not great. Let's transition to more important things.
0: Okay, perfect.
1: Deb, you're playing injured today. Injured? Yes. You have a horrible oral issue happening Mm. that I have a thousand percent sympathy for you on because Mm -hmm. it's usually the small things that are far worse for an individual than the Mm -hmm. big things because the small Mm -hmm. things are persistent and they're nagging. Mm -hmm. The big things... Like, if you break a bone, you go to the doctor, you get it set, and then you just deal with the idea that, hey, i got to be in this cast for a couple months, but I know it's going to be over. The small things eat away at you, and you think to yourself, am I going to live like this forever?
0: Like a paper cut that would
1: never heal. Exactly.
0: So I chipped my last tooth in the back of my mouth.
1: Deb only has one tooth, and it's her last one that she chipped.
0: It chipped off so sharp. It is shredding my tongue. Yikes. So when it chipped off- I feel
1: like I need real pain meds. So your bottom, bottom bottom right-
0: On the inside.
1: Bottom right inside molar? Yeah. Chipped off and the jagged edge is facing your tongue and your tongue is constantly rubbing against it.
0: So I've been traveling. Okay so, you I mean, this is the kind of thing you're not going to go to a dentist unless you know the dentist, right?
1: I don't know. I well, don't know that I could I don't know that I could do what you're doing right now, plus,
0: it's the weekend. It was the weekend when it happened. Got it. I googled, Who would believe this is a thing? I googled, I chipped my tooth. yeah, <laughs> the jagged edge is shredding my tongue. Yeah. a thousand responses.
1: Yeah. You're not the first person,
0: okay, so these. First of all, most people just say,
1: go to the dentist, right? That makes sense. Yeah. That feels like a real trendy topic.
0: But I want to say, some of the home remedies, even that came from some dentist, were pretty, I just thought, brazen. So I'll share them with you.
1: Give okay. us the top three remedies for okay. chipping your tooth that is now okay. jaggedly rubbing against okay. your tongue.
0: Uh, one of them, uh, no, I'm going to give you four. Because okay. One of them was basically Oragel.
1: Which is just like a numbing agent? I think it's just a numbing agent. But that doesn't stop the scratching from happening. No.
0: I mean, your tongue is still... I want the scratching to stop.
1: Yeah, that's like somebody who uh, breaks their ankle and just says, give me a cortisone shot. And they're like, no, your ankle's still broken. Exactly.
0: So yes, Oragel will help until you get to the dentist. But you need to know that Oragel on a tongue doesn't stay in place very long.
1: It's it's. I thought it was just supposed to numb the area.
0: It numbs the area, but... There's saliva in your mouth. It just all gets
1: washed So away it never really days. gets to the length of numb that like if I was to put Orogel on my knuckle, for instance.
0: It gets, I will tell you, it gets this numb. It feels good for, I'm saying, 20 minutes. Got it. But I could go through a lot of Orogel at this stage. Yeah. Okay. So that was one. Another one was take sugar-free gum. Yeah. It has to be sugar-free. Makes sense. And use the gum to cover the molar.
1: Yeah, but even then, that's only going to last for so long, right? Well, because here's what happens. The jagged part of the tooth comes out? (laughs) The
0: jagged part. Because I asked you for gum. I knew knew you had gum somewhere. But I don't believe it was sugar-free, by the way.
1: You didn't ask for sugar-free.
0: Okay. Anyways, but here's the thing. I know everybody can think of a time when they've chewed gum, and it's gotten so dry and so hard, it's not worth chewing, and you spit it out. Yep. Unless you need that gum for your tooth. Yeah. It just gets softer and softer yep. and softer, and it feels good for half a second, and then it just won't stay. Yeah. So I've tried that. Here's the one that slays me. Get a nail file. I would do this. <laughs> As I say it, I hope the whole listening audience is just cringy. I would
1: do it because the pain would be so not worth it.
0: Get a nail file and just file yeah, it down. until you Because... This is not
1: gonna get saved. Nope. It's cracked. Yep. It's going
0: away. Yep. Just do it.
1: Here's where you need to get to. Here's where you need to get to. Is the thought, because it's not gonna hurt, is the thought of filing the nail or filing the tooth worse than Feeling the jagged ridge of the tooth constantly poking your tongue. And the answer is no. Okay. The answer is like, yes, I feel a little bit like James Franco in 127 hours where I have to cut my arm off. Yes. Except yes. you don't have to cut your arm off. You have to file an already cracked okay. tooth. So you told me you would do it in a heartbeat. Uh, in a nano that would i wouldn't have even had to google that that would have been the first thing jagged edge nail file let's go
0: and dad said he would do it
1: in a heartbeat now granted i probably wouldn't be smart enough and i would ingest the metal shavings into my mouth because i imagine some metal from the nail file gets in there and i'll die of cancer you know 30 years later but a thousand percent i would file that tooth down
0: okay so i was sitting last night The other part of my story is I hadn't had sleep for a long period of time. Yeah, no,
1: I have a note on this that I'm going to talk to you about. (laughs)
0: Okay, so I go upstairs last night to go to bed early. Yeah. Well, the minute you go upstairs, you kind of wake up.
1: Nope, Nope. that's just you.
0: (laughs) Okay, so I'm thinking as it's hurting.
1: Now that would just keep me up.
0: About you saying I'd file it and dad said I'd file it. Have to. I cannot put the metal thing in my mouth. So Do you want me
1: to file it for you?
0: <laughs> yes, it might come to that. I go and get an emery board.
1: No, because that's just going to shred the emery board.
0: So it feels like it works a little bit. You need metal, but the emery board is in your mouth. Yeah, and the emery board is actually paper composite. And now, pretty soon, the emery board is just peeling away from itself. Yep, it you need didn't metal. work.
1: No, I know. That's oh. why they said metal. You need that hard okay, steel. Okay, I'm going to try it tonight. No chance. That I'll try it? No chance. You're going to put it in your mouth. You're going to take, you're just going to tap it against your tooth and you're going to get like the, the Willies. goosebumps and yeah. you're going to be like, can't do it. Yeah, I'm well, not, It's not going to take a out. lot. Like, I think you could do like, <laughs> and you'll be okay. But really, you need just, to get to wait, the three.
0: What is that three?
1: But it needs to be hard.
0: Okay. Oh, I'm telling you, people have just quit listening to the podcast because you did that.
1: No chance. Of course. These people love ASMR. <laughs> Three, I think if you do three times yeah. with some serious pressure, you'll you'll oh, feel heaven. it. You'll feel it better, mm-hmm. and because it'll feel better, you'll be willing to. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: My tongue again
1: is like begging me. I'll bet it leaf. looks like ground beef.
0: It does look like gra- there's it. The whole side of it is. I, I
1: I am floored. You haven't done this yet. Like <laughs> I don't know if this is a male thing. I don't know if this is just like a weird masochistic thing. Deb, the second I chipped that tooth and tried to live with it for mm. an hour, I would have. Found my metal fingernail file that I travel with, and I would have sawed that thing down to a nub. Oh my God. Okay. Well, it may come to that because I am pretty darn miserable. On top of that, you also could not get home. You were supposed to come home on Monday, and you did not get back until Tuesday because you ran into every conceivable hurdle along the way, most of which was weather. And I felt so bad for you. But at the same time, I thought to myself, thank God I'm not with her.
0: So you have, I have to tell the whole story for anyone to really appreciate this. I must have said a number of, number of years ago, I will never take a red eye again unless I'm going to wake up in Rome or Paris or somewhere like that. It is not worth it. They are so miserable. You never know, even if you're super tired, how much you're going to sleep. In order to get to New York City which is where I went this weekend. I had to take a red. I had no choice. And so I'm working in San Francisco. I finished working like, I don't know, 8.30, dinner, it's over. I have 11 o'clock flight. Thank you, God, I got upgraded to first class. And I got upgraded to first class with like the beds, Jimmy you know mean? the real oh, yeah. beds. The real beds that go all the way down flat – that have a real pillow with a real blanket, not a fake icky blanket, you know, a menu that offers you 10 things. I mean, thank you. Thank you. I, I couldn't have been happier to America for America, to American airlines for that. We get on the flight was supposed to be, I think six hours, a little over six hours. So you start saying to yourself things like this, mm, six hours, six hours is enough sleep. I've functioned on six hours of sleep before. Hey, if I get on and I eat something first or I don't fall asleep immediate, immediately, five hours is still good. Four hours is a super long nap. I'll be fine, right? You cut, rationalize it all. Sure. Okay. The first thing the pilot says is like something like, due to the headwinds or the tailwinds or whichever winds. Tailwinds. Tailwinds. Thank you. It's going to be like four hours and 20 minutes. Brutal. I mean, the guy sitting next to me looks at me. I mean, the whole place, we all look at each other like, we're horrified. No, we want the whole six hours.
1: The only time in the world you want the flight to be longer.
0: You want it to be longer for sure. So the other part of it is, I don't need to arrive somewhere at 5.30 in the morning. The hotel doesn't let people in at 5.30 in the morning. I mean, that's terrible. So I did sleep for probably... A couple of hours. And I would say I got good sleep, yeah. but probably only for a couple of hours. Get to JFK. JFK is buzzing. You know, I don't know. It's early well, it's in the morning. The morning.
1: Those people all slept.
0: Get an Uber. Go uh, into Manhattan. Walk into the hotel. I'm going to shout out the hotel. It's called the Andaz. A-N-D-A-Z. It's a Hyatt property. It was lovely. It was beautiful. My view and right across the street is the New York Public Library. Almost doesn't get better than that. They let me in at 8 a.m. Nice. Into my room. Thanks, Andaz. So thank you, American Airlines. Thank you, Andaz. It was lovely. Got a little bit of sleep. My friend Ray texted me right as I arrived at the airport. Honey, let's do lunch. We did. It was fabulous to see him. So that night, I'm going to a surprise engagement party, meaning the engagement was a surprise and so was the party. And probably 100 people from all over the planet flew in for this. It was a thrill. So our good friend, Nicole Worrell, got engaged to Alan. They got engaged Saturday afternoon. The surprise party was thrown that night. And the next night, those two tied the knot. And no, she's not pregnant. It was the funnest weekend ever. I was so happy to see Nicole. I only wish she would have been there. She saw me, threw her arms around me, was super excited. Um, I couldn't have been more thrilled. And then Alan, who I've never met, said, oh, it's Deb of the Deb and Kev podcast, which was super cute. Hey. Um, so if you would have been there, it would have been perfect. Uh, they got married on the rooftop of a building. I don't know the name of the building. However, in front of the building on Fifth Avenue is St. Patrick's Church. which is
1: Saks Fifth Avenue?
0: Well, Sixth Avenue is a store. Got it. Okay. Um, is St. Patrick's Church, which is so fabulous. And then 30 Rock is right behind the building. And so it was this garden, beautiful How setting. was the weather? So that afternoon, there had been a downpour. And when I say a downpour,
1: I mean a downpour. Do you mean a downpour or do you mean... A downpour.
0: I mean, walk outside for one minute, and if you don't have something on or an umbrella, you are soaking wet.
1: You got downpoured on some rain.
0: Downpoured. So I was a little worried. It was beautiful. It was outdoors. It kind of felt like it would rain. At one point, I thought, hmm, I don't understand what he's saying. But is the rabbi scooting this along a little bit? I mean, it did feel like that for half a second. Now, they do say, if it rains a little bit on your wedding day, it's good luck. That's true. Right when it was done, like a couple of little drops came, and everybody just walked inside. It was perfect. Had a great party, great music, great dancing. It was fabulous. I want to say this. Every every once in a while, you get invited to a wedding. And of course, in this day and age, we never, ever know. But this is what I want to say about this darling young couple. The rabbi wrote some things that she said about him and some things that he said about her. These two people could have been two of the happiest people on planet Earth that night. And I just want to say the love and affection that radiated from them towards one another, towards their family, and towards the people that came and celebrated with them was extraordinary. And I felt lucky and privileged to be part of it. I think they are a keeper. I think they're going to last forever. I adore them as a couple. I adore her. So when I get to know him more, there you go, Alan, it's all on you. When I get to know him more, I think I'm going to adore him equally as much. And I just want to say it was it was as every wedding should
1: be. Five stars. Oh, 6, 10, 15. Wedding.com, five stars. For Great the job. For Alan and Nicole's wedding.
0: And a real shout out to her mother, who planned this pretty much with, as a surprise, from another country. I mean, it was amazing. Nice. Get to the
1: part where you complain about flying again.
0: Okay. So, I stayed until Monday. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go to a wedding. It'll be a big celebration. I want to be able to sleep a little bit Monday morning, have lunch a little with my friend Ray again before I take off. Got up in the morning, woke up. It was very civilized, had a cup of coffee. Ray and I got in touch with each other, went to a great little grill over in Bryant Park. It was all very beautiful. While Ray and I are having lunch, I get a notification from American Airlines that my flight is a little delayed.
1: It says, hey, you got upgraded with more beds, and it's now a direct flight from New York City to Reno.
0: Wouldn't that be great if there were such a thing? And so, but then I look at my connecting flight, and I'm fine, so I don't worry about it. We continue to eat lunch. I get another thing about yep. a half hour later.
1: That's the thing with American. You're never just getting one. You're never just getting one notice that it's delayed.
0: I counted. American Airlines has them on a page. Yep. That day, I got 42 alerts. Yep. Okay? Sounds right to me. So then it got to, I only have a half an hour. That makes you a little nervous in Chicago, right? Yep. Then I looked up the weather in Chicago, which this huge storm was coming in. Now I'm getting really nervous. As I'm getting nervous, the third alert comes in, and now I only have 20 minutes to get from one gate to the other, right? Oh, yeah. So I call American Airlines, the special desk. And the woman's like, oh, yeah, you're not going to make that. Thank you. So she said, oh, I I think we can still get you home. We just have to avoid Chicago and Dallas.
1: Are those the only two places that you fly through? Those
0: are the only two places I fly through. I'm like, okay, I'll change airports. I'll go to LaGuardia. I'll go to Newark. I'll go to JFK. I don't care. Wherever I go, just get me home. Get me to the West Coast. So in the very end, she said, I think you're best to stick with Chicago. Now, here's the other part. I had gotten upgraded to first class all the way home. Yep. Didn't want to give the upgrade away if I didn't have to. Clearly. Didn't want a middle seat in the back of the bus. If Who I does? Avoid it. So she said, it looks like this Chicago flight is being delayed a little bit, too. I think there's a chance you can make it. I'm going to book you on a flight to Phoenix out of Chicago. I think you can make it from Chicago to Reno. But if it doesn't work, you've got Chicago Phoenix, and I'll put you in first class. I thought, okay, that's not the end of the world. So I'm sitting on the tarmac at LaGuardia, waiting, waiting, waiting. Now it's making me very nervous. How
1: long did you wait for?
0: Probably an hour. Nice. And it's already delayed. Oh, yeah. And then I begin to see that the flight in Chicago is starting to be delayed. Oh, nice. So Everybody's that's good suffering. News. Yeah, everybody's suffering, and that's good news for me. As it turns out, if I would have landed three minutes earlier in Chicago, I could have made the flight that would have taken me to Reno, Nevada. It was only two gates away, but I was three minutes late, and they took off without me. I said to the flight attendant, I'm looking at this, I said, it says awaiting takeoff. And he goes, That's bad. It means they've pulled away from the gate. Yeah. So I go get on the Phoenix flight, which oh, it just seemed like it took an awful long time. Plus a three and a half hour flight, first class, and all she offered me was one drink. No food, no snack. She went around, she went and got snacks from coach. Offered them to first
1: class people. Maybe everybody was struggling that day. It
0: was so bad. Um, Get to Phoenix. And the woman that had said, if you get to Phoenix, you've missed the last flight to Reno. Just go to this desk. I've got the paperwork all ready. They'll give you a voucher for a hotel. It's midnight in Phoenix. I go, all the hotels are full. I start calling hotels. All the hotels are full because it was a complete and utter mess for airlines.
1: Plus, it's a nice time to be in Phoenix.
0: Plus, all the hotels you want to be right around the airport. So when you go back, nothing. There was nothing. So this guy finally comes and he goes, here. Here's a hotel voucher. I said, thank you. It's in Scottsdale. Normally, I'd be happy to go stay in Scottsdale.
1: Yeah, but that's another 30 minutes to your day now.
0: Thank you. Here's a cab voucher. Here's another cab voucher. Guess what don't work at late at night? Cab vouchers. It's now 2 o'clock
1: in the morning. Why wouldn't it work?
0: They only work for certain cabs. And when you say I have a voucher, what's the answer? Nope, not me. Nope, not me. So I had to pay $60 for the ride to the hotel. I arrived at 3 a.m. I had a huge luxurious suite. Nice. I turned on all
1: the lights. For how many hours?
0: Listen to this. I turned on all the lights. I turned on the TV. I set my alarm twice. I slept for 90 minutes. I got up. I showered. I went back to the airport. Brutal. Lucky guy that got the same thing as me is waiting, trying to get a cab that he's not going to get using the voucher that's not going to work. And I Wait, said, what do you mean? Trying to go back to the airport the next morning. Got it. And I looked at him and I said, do you want to ride in my Uber? He rode in the Uber with me. We go to the airport. I did have a free Admiral's Club pass. I'm in the Admiral's Club, and it says my flight is delayed.
1: Getting into Reno.
0: Getting into Reno. So I just sat for a while in the Admiral's Club and decided I was so exhausted. I couldn't see straight. I I don't know that I've ever been this
1: exhausted in my life. Yeah, because you probably had an hour and a half of sleep in the course of 36 hours.
0: So arrive in Reno, finally, you pick me up. You offer to bring me home so I can have my car. I said, please take me to this client. I've got to be there by 11 a.m. call. I mean, but a call with the client. You were nice enough to take me and drop me off. Mm -hmm. I made it just in time for the call. You were not, and I seemed coherent. I mean, it was crazy. Then you were nice enough to come and pick me up. And then I had a few more calls. I worked yesterday afternoon. And then... About six o'clock, it all went to hell in a handbasket.
1: This is where I'll pick it up. You are the weirdest person when it comes to sleep. I don't get why you literally fight sleep. So I'm watching television. You're in the room. You have a little quesadilla. I have my Caesar salad. We both finish our meal. I put everything away. Dad goes to bed. It is 6.45. I can see the TV and I can see you. And your head is just bobblehead it's just every which way swinging left and right up and down and i go deb go to bed like it's it's dark out it's 6:45 it's totally reasonable to go to bed you've had no sleep in the last 36 hours i was miserable and you go i will at 7 as if that arbitrary time is somehow going to do something so i'm like okay and again your just head is i mean you you look like you were dope sick if you did hard drugs you just can't stay awake That's bad. And, and so then you get up and I'm like, and you start fiddling around the kitchen. Cause this is why, this is why you actually end up awake because you won't just get up and walk upstairs. You start fiddling around the kitchen. You're like, Hey, do we have any ice cream bars? I'm like, what are you talking about? Go to bed. And this is what I realized. This is where I realized I'm at in my life. I'm the parent and you and dad are toddlers. <laughs> The conversation that I had with you is no different than a conversation you would have had with me when I was like four. Hey bud 6:45 maybe go to sleep. <laughs> no, get seven o'clock and then like as you're carrying me to bed, you I would say, can I have an ice cream bar? <laughs> Conversely, dad, just leaves stuff everywhere, right? Like yeah. he, you just have to follow him around to clean up after him. Yeah. And sometimes you have a conversation with him and you have no earthly idea what he's talking about. He like picks up the conversation in his head, in the middle of the conversation. And then before the end of the conversation where you may or may not have been able to piece together the stuff, he just stops talking, which is no different than a toddler where you're like, oh, was I, was, was I a part of that conversation or did you just need to say that one sentence out loud? I'm the adult living with two senior toddlers at this moment. That's how I felt last night. And if
0: anybody knows Kevin, that is super sad if Kevin is the adult.
1: I don't want to be the adult in (laughs) any situation. But I was literally sitting on the couch last night being like, what is this reality that I have just matrixed myself into?
0: So I went upstairs And you were nice enough to take all my luggage up. Yeah. And you do such a great job. You
1: lay it on the bed. I mean, you really like a Bellman. You're terrific. I never know if you want it on the bed or not, but I figure that's where anybody would want their luggage. And I try to make sure that the wheels are not on the cushion. I know. You're really good about that. Thank you. I want to say, as a Bellman, never been tipped.
0: And I appreciate that you appreciate the whole wheel thing, because it's a deal. It'll make something dirty. So I decide to open my suitcases just to pull out like my morning get ready products which then leads to pull out the dirty clothes which then leads to so I'm up there and of course Emory boarding my trying. trying
1: trying desperately
0: Um I believe I went to bed sleep at 10 I was Did That's you ridiculous. not hear me? Did you hear me? I
1: heard you drop something which let me know that you were still awake.
0: <laughs> okay. Um I will say when I fell asleep
1: it was great sleep. Listen, I I don't care when you go to sleep, but I'm just of this mentality of like, you for sure need to get to dark outside before yeah, you go to sleep. Like yeah, yeah, you can't be sure. snoozing at four because you're going to be up at two o'clock in the right, morning, right? Right. So you for sure need to get to where it's dark. You don't prioritize sleep. You, you, you. You know, I think that's right. You As don't you say
0: that out loud.
1: You don't, you don't sit there and think all I need to do is get to sleep. What are the what the, What are the minimum amount of steps I need to take to get to sleep? You let everything else kind of distract you. You let your ADHD just flare up, and I, then well, you and you, then you're unwilling to then concede. Wait, the finish line was sleep. How am I? How am I unpacking right now?
0: You are exactly right on the word prioritize because I will get distracted. I'll start something. It wakes me up. It rejuvenates me, gives me that second wind, if you will. And then I'll keep on. And I have a friend. And even when this friend is on a trip, you know, you could be anywhere. You can't find her at nine o'clock. I mean, she's gone. I mean, it's a rule. Like, she plays hard. She works hard. Comes to nine o'clock, you say, oh, where is she? Nope, she's, everybody knows where she is. Because sleep is such a priority. I need to do that. But I don't know, you know.
1: But you don't know if you want to prioritize it.
0: I don't know. I think about Sunday night at the wedding. And I was thinking at one point, why don't you go? I mean, it's. No, no, no. You're wrong.
1: That's, you're thinking about this entirely wrong. You did the exact right thing at the wedding because you believed that your Monday was going to be normal. Mm -hmm. Monday wasn't normal. And you were left with only really sleeping 90 minutes in a bed and then whatever cat naps you had being the entire amount of sleep that you had to be able to subsist for those two days. You're wrong in that you allowed yourself to get distracted to stay up longer when you could have gone to sleep earlier. Now, going to bed at 10 o'clock, waking up at 7 or 8, whatever, that's completely reasonable too. Like I'm not shaming you for it, but at the part, you always push through your body telling you it's sleepy and it wants to go to bed. You always push through it.
0: I do. I don't listen. I don't listen to my body. Kevin. You don't
1: listen to your body. That's
0: it. That's, I, I think that sums up everything that's ever gone wrong. In
1: Isn't there a, a song? Listen to your body talk, your body talk. Listen to your body talk.
0: Are those the words?
1: I feel like those are the words to a song, whether I mean, I or not like they're like the words got, to that song. I feel like
0: you got a tune and then you got words. And I'm not sure that in real life, let your be, let it be, is, is it listen to or let it?
1: The Struts, Body Talks? No, that's not the song, though. That's not the music. Oh, wait, is it an Olivia Newton-John song? That's the one. Let's get physical. Yeah, it's that. Physical. Yeah.
0: yeah. I <laughs> want
1: to listen to my body. Well, that would have good. Listen <laughs> to my body talk. Let me hear your body talk. Oh, your body talk. Go. Let's talk Survivor. Oh boy, oh boy, do we have a Survivor recap for you. My heart, in my chest, beating at a rapid rate, so unbelievably anxiety riddled. But let's start at the beginning.
0: Can you breathe? Because you were like jumping up and down like it was a football game. Not
1: to give anything away. No spoiler (laughs) alerts. Uh, So... We have our first reward challenge. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the reward for the first place tribe is they get to work with a real Fijian to show them how to source food from the land. Mm-hmm. And the second place tribe gets a fish, a, a fish, fish, one single fish. Third place tribe gets nothing. So you have to start this challenge by throwing a ball up into this little funnel. Then running across a rope obstacle course and catching the ball at the other end. Blue team gets Deshaun go first, and then there's Heather. And Heather, Heather
0: She pulled a Tiffany. Let's just say that.
1: Heather confirmed not an athlete. Yeah. The green team and the blue team, Heather works for the blue for the for the blue team, the green team and the yellow team get everybody through that challenge. Then they get everybody to dig all the sand out so that they can climb under the pole. Right. Yep. And they get everybody to the mats and they have to throw a ball on this little balance beam four times. It has to sit. These four balls have to sit there four times. Heather <laughs> cannot get past throwing the ball into the funnel and going and catching it. Kudos to her teammates. Crazy supportive of her. Yep. Clapping, cheering her on. It's no, hey, no worries. No worries. This isn't that important. The challenge ends with green team winning, yellow team getting second place and Heather crying minus the tears
0: (laughs) heather just well i mean it's like it was the biggest fake cry ever it was (laughs) i think
1: i think heather has a lot of botox that may or may not be wearing off maybe Mm -hmm. some filler so maybe she really was crying but the tear ducts wouldn't work
0: Botox stops the tear ducts. I
1: don't think that's what, that's the excuse I'm using for her because otherwise she wasn't really crying. And then that means she was a liar, but there was a lot of sobbing with no water coming from her eyes. (laughs) You good on that one? (laughs) Good. (laughs) Okay, good. Yeah. So, uh, we were exposed to the blue team a little bit for the first time all season because they lost and, and
0: they just keep winning. We kind of get bored with them that, when they get winning. That was the first they time winning. they weren't yeah. in the
1: top two. And so we go back to the blue team who has all of their players, all six of them. They all they all remain. And this is what happens in Survivor. It's too good. Mm-hmm. They, they, they want to start playing the game. They want to start scheming. They want to start forming alliances because they're human beings. And human beings innately just want to ruin all the good stuff.
0: What did we tell them last week? We said, hey. You're winning. Eventually, your turn will come, and you'll lose. Wait, enjoy the winning ride, relax, don't play the game heavily, don't destroy
1: it for yourself. I'd like to think we said that. I'm pretty sure we in no way said that, but that is something we have said before, which is... People who try to start playing the game by throwing challenges, oftentimes set in motion, losing that they can then not, not get a yeah, hold of, and yeah. it starts spiraling out of control on them. So some side conversations, the Fijian dude who came to the green tribe, awesome. He's climbing climbing up trees like Spider-Man. He's reverse climbing trees. He's catching fish. He's cooking everything. He's telling them how to make mixed cocktails on yeah. Infogee, and, and I don't here, know. Here's
0: the deal. And those people can't do any of that. After and kids. they won't. And yeah. they absolutely won't. I mean, seriously. So
1: then we go to the immunity challenge. And the blue team is talking about potentially throwing this challenge because they want to get out Erica, who's the short little Asian girl, who's like conspired to get rid of everybody. She's right. talking to everybody about getting rid of everybody.
0: And everybody else is talking to
1: each other. Saying Erica's don't, trying to get rid of all of us.
0: Once again... If you're on a winning tribe, don't play the
1: game hard. And then you said, I can't believe they're going to do this. My my friend, my guy, Danny, wouldn't do this. And I was like, oh, no, he definitely wouldn't do this. And Danny's like, we shouldn't be throwing this. This We, we can't mm-hmm. be talking about throwing this. Cut to the challenge where I look at Danny walking in the water, <laughs> Deshaun walking in the water. And I'm like, this certainly looks like they're throwing it. Cut to Danny being interviewed saying, so we're definitely trying to throw this challenge.
0: Know, like. <laughs> Listen, I picked Danny because I thought he was like a forthright, really good guy.
1: They tried so hard <laughs> to throw this challenge. They were interviewing Danny and they're I- interviewing Deshaun the entire time. And they're both like, we're just walking as slow as possible. <laughs> we're making these, these bricks that are in this cargo net seem heavier than they really are. We are dragging ass as much as humanly possible. Here's what they don't understand. The other teams are just as bad naturally as they are trying.
0: The only thing the blue team could have done to have really, truly lost is just
1: stopped. That's it. That's it. They, I was watching them not do anything. I was like, oh my God, they're, they're like, they're not even making this a show They're they're not even trying as hard as like anybody has ever not tried hard when throwing and they're outpacing everybody. Yeah, They're yeah. like, they're like 50 feet ahead of everybody, even though it looks like they're throwing the challenge. They... The other teams are so bad. Your girl, Evie, was literally swimming in the other direction of the (laughs) beach before she realized she was going in the wrong way. But here's the
0: question I don't remember. Did Evie have on her glasses while she was swimming? She did. Okay, because Evie never takes off the glasses. And I was worried, did she get in the water? With her glasses off, it's all gone wrong.
1: No, no, no. Fully was able to see. Knew she was swimming in the wrong direction. So the the challenge ends with them having to throw rings on this little ring toss. And you have to get three on these hooks. And the yellow team, bang, bang, bang. Xander just nails all three of them. And then it comes down to the blue team and the green team. And the green team gets one on early. And then it's Deshaun who's throwing the rings. And the best part is Deshaun's throwing it two-handed. Mm -hmm. And he's throwing it short. Which is so funny. So it's like he's making it look bad with a worse result. Right, It's like he's he's pushing them on. And he's trying to chase the rings and grabbing it short. And the ring's like rolling off the platform.
0: But again, trying to lose the challenge. Intentionally. Yeah.
1: And then comes Nasir wearing the S on his chest. The guy who thinks Survivor (laughs) is probably a step up from his normal living conditions in Sri Lanka. (laughs) And he's like, I got it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he grabs two rings, bang, bang, hits him. Yeah, And we're like, oh my God. Because
0: Nasir is really playing the game. And
1: Danny and Deshawn are looking at each other like, uh, this is not how this <laughs> is supposed to go. Then JD gets his second ring on. And then it's just like a back and forth, a back and forth, a back and forth to where JD is so confident. He's throwing the ring s- saying money. And it's missing <laughs> every single time, every time. Until finally Nasir... Hits the third ring. So the blue team, which was trying to lose the entire challenge which and was still doing better than everybody, unknowingly <laughs> won while absolutely trying to lose, which sent the green team to tribal council. Now, this is where I get nervous because there are only four people left on the green team. There's Ricard, there's Chantel, there's Jeannie, and there's JD. Two of those are people yours. are my finalists, Jeannie and Chantel. And what ha- hold on. And what happened last week? was Brad got voted off of the green team. His closest alliance was Jeannie. Jeannie was equally as blindsided as Brad. She was furious once they headed back to camp after Tribal. So she's clearly the odd man out. And I was so mad. I was so mad that the blue team is so good that they couldn't even throw a challenge. (laughs) But I was more mad that, of course, the team that lost was the one where I have a 50% chance of somebody going home.
0: But here's the deal with your girl Jeannie. Jeannie last week a little bit
1: kind of started waving her freak flag. I'm not gonna lie. I don't think that's the right term. Freak flag flag is not the right. What's term. the right term? Freak flag would mean more sexual.
0: Oh, does that mean? That? Yeah, a thousand oh, no, percent. Does it? Yeah. No, doesn't. It- <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know that Jeannie was no, waving that freak flag weird? at camp. No, doesn't no, no. it just mean strange? It might also mean like, hey, I'm a weird, eccentric, kooky yeah, person. Yeah, 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 That's not, that's not what you mean. <laughs> that's also not what you mean. <laughs> that's not what you mean at all. Okay, I think you definitely. might say that she started showing her true colors.
0: Okay. No, that's not what I mean. Okay. I think.
1: <laughs> Definitely not freak flag. Okay. Freak flag's the wrong uh, analogy. There. I don't
0: want to say that then I take that back. I yeah. suck it out of yep. the air, out yep. of the ether. Jeannie is weird. <laughs> yeah. And she's starting to show her
1: well I would and- say this. She's she's getting frustrated and she doesn't hide her frustration. Right. And she right. says it and 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 oftentimes it's fueled by anger. And so she says it, and that's not met with much appreciation from everybody else because she's clearly condemning them because they were the ones that she's criticizing. Here's the other thing with Jeannie. Jeannie is really easily influenced. I mean- Is she? Because she just votes how she wants to vote.
0: I feel like she is because you just tell her something that might be a secret, might not be a secret, might be a thing, might not be a thing- But she calms right down when you tell her that thing to prove that you like her and you're loyal.
1: So what ends up happening is they all go back to...
0: By the way, and your pastor lady...
1: She's great. I'll I'll touch on that. Oh my God. They end up going back to camp and it's clear. It's Jeannie. She's the odd woman out. JD is close with Chantel. Ricard is close with Chantel and Chantel... The quote-unquote Canadian (laughs) pastor is doing everything in her power to manipulate the situation in her favor. She's going up to Jeannie being like, it's clearly JD, we can't trust him. Mm. He had that secret advantage, he didn't tell anybody. Then she's going over to Ricard being like, Ricard, I'm going to tell JD I'm freaking out that it's going to be me. And in good Mm -hmm. faith, I need him to give me back that advantage so that I know he can't use it moving forward. And all the while she's talking to the camera being like, and when I'm plotting, I have the song that I sing to myself. I was like, dee, 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 dee. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, she has an evil theme she's song. A,
0: she's a, she's evil to the bone. But
1: I'll tell you why she's great. She's smart. She's well spoken, and she smiles the entire time. She looks so innocent, and
0: she can lie. I mean, whoever, wherever her church people are, they should never believe her because she can look at you and smile and be darling and lie.
1: So the one out that everybody has this year is you can roll the dice. You can roll the dice if you think you're going home and you have no advantage whatsoever. And I don't really know how it works. Like I don't know if you need to roll a six. I don't know if they just come up with a random number that you need to match. But if you roll the die. And that doesn't work out in your favor. You lose your vote. And Jeannie kept saying, the only thing I think I can do is roll this die. And I'm thinking that's the smartest thing that you can do. All of these people are clearly going to vote you out. Right. So they go to tribal and they all are having this conversation. And I'm just like slumped in the couch because I'm thinking the only shot Jeannie has is this die. She has to roll the die. These three are thick as thieves. They're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. You have to roll the die when you go up to vote. And Jeannie writes a name down. We don't know what name she writes, but she writes a name. So she's for foregone. It's a foregone conclusion. She didn't roll the die. She did not roll the die. And I'm thinking like, are you the dumbest person in the world? Are you the dumbest person in the world?
0: Jeannie is. I mean you might not call it a freak flag. Yeah.
1: But she's Why the aren't you waving your freak flag, freak? <laughs> And so I'm sitting there. I'm like, this is so stupid. Like you have an out. You should have taken your out. And then they show you the one like JD votes for Jeannie. And we don't know who Jeannie votes for. So Jeff comes back with the parchment. And the first one he shows up is the genie one that JD wrote. And then they show the next one. And it says JD, which we assume that's what Jeannie wrote. Mm-hmm. And then the next one says J.D.
0: Okay, wait. Listening audience, at this point, Kevin has jumped up off the couch. He's two feet from the TV. He's yelling. He's stomping. I have not cheered his arms.
1: as hard since the Patriots won the Super Bowl.
0: He is going for it. And what happened, Kevin? J.D. There we go. Three
1: J.D.'s, one genie. Chantel told J.D. to his face, give me your extra vote. This is how I know you'll be true to me. Keeping his extra vote in her back pocket, she votes him out. So that is now her vote. Chantel, the Canadian pastor, the sweetheart. The liar. Burned him. Burned him. Yeah. She said that I view him like a little brother. She killed her brother.
0: Yeah. So here's the deal. If she's my pastor and she tells me I'm going to go to heaven, am I?
1: No, because she's not a pastor. She's a serial killer.
0: (laughs) So uh, here's the thing at this point. There is a place in this where even if you're people that you picked, because remember, we picked in the very beginning, yep. the first episode, didn't really know him. It's like, I kind of like these people and they don't annoy me yet, right? That's how you pick.
1: I don't know that I even like my people.
0: I don't know that I like my people, yeah. but I'm cheering for them. You yeah. know, I'm just cheering. And tonight, I want to say, for me, Danny had not done anything wrong. He, there was not a misstep. No, He was a thoroughly lovely guy, worked hard, yeah. did a good job. Tonight, I, I don't have great pride for people who are willing to throw um, a, throw a challenge. Thank you. Throw a challenge when they're already winning.
1: I mean, I, the only reason I feel good about next week is because the blue team is just itching to throw a challenge. They're itching to start gameplay. And even though the two other teams combined only have one more person than them, Mm -hmm. they are going to self-sabotage. They are going to do something to throw a monkey wrench in their success because they simply want to play the game, which I want to look at them and be like, you're in Fiji. You're already playing the game.
0: So here's one of the things I think. The producers are either going to, depending on what the producers know, and we know they know a lot because they're around for a lot of the conversations, they're either going to let the blue team try again to eviscerate themselves. Oh, no, they they don't have any say in that, for sure. No, 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 no. I mean, either let that play out, is what I'm saying, or they're going to throw some new wrench into it because they just don't want it to keep going the way it is.
1: I mean, they could merge at 13. They could easily merge at 13. And then be, because you have yellow with four, green with three, right. and blue with six, they could merge at 13 because everything's so expedited. Right. So, I mean, that'll be like day 10 that they would merge them, and that makes sense because they normally merge around day 20. So they could merge them. That could be and because then of that. if
0: they had brains, that blue team would stick together, but they don't. They don't. Well, and also, what is it? Um, Evie already... Did a deal with... Uh, Deshaun. Yeah, yeah. And you know, that's like, is that deal still there? No, that but doesn't it, matter. That you doesn't matter so-
1: until you merge. I know. doesn't matter until you merge because he never thought he was going to have six people still. He thought he was so, he, thought he was going to lose people and he needed extra hands. Jeannie is getting weirder uh, with each episode. No, she's the right type of freak.
0: <laughs> JD is gone, which you and I are fine with because we didn't like him from the very beginning. No, no yeah. shot. Um, all of our people, both of us. Can't believe it. Hey, between Survivor and... And Great British Bake Off, we are doing great.
1: Your team is clean. My team is battered and bruised, but they're still standing.
0: What do you mean my team is
1: clean? Meaning like nobody's been in the crosshairs for oh, so your no, team. My no, no, no. My, my team, my yeah, team right. has, has taken some yeah. shots and I have no earthly idea yeah. how they're still yeah. up and moving. But that was Survivor, week four, flying our freak flags.
0: <laughs> Thought we weren't supposed to say that.
1: No, no, we can fly our freak flags because we're interpreting it as purely sexual. <laughs>
0: No, don't say that.
1: That's going to do it for the Deb and Kev podcast for this Thursday. Remember to like, rate, and review wherever you listen to this podcast. And follow us on all of our social channels at Deb and Kev pod. Mom, I love you today. I love you, baby. We'll see you guys Monday.
0: Thank you for listening to the Deb and Kev podcast. Remember to like and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. Follow Deb and Kev on Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter at Deb and Kev pod.